0: Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to another podcast episode of
1: Behave Yourself. Oh, that was good.
0: Yeah, I've been practicing in the mirror. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you're Becky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm Becky. Uh huh. And that's Brian. Alright. And okay. today we're gonna be talking about a juicy, juicy topic.
1: What are we talking about?
0: We're gonna be talking about sex education. <laughs>
1: Sex and Autism.
0: I never got the sex talk. I didn't either. It was a, just figure it out.
1: Yeah, we have the internet now. Yeah. They'll find it.
0: Back in the day, I didn't have the internet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. I didn't either.
0: If we did, it was dial up and, you know, then it would take a long time.
1: Whatever. You know, penguins don't have the sex talk, but they still have sex. They figure it out. Yeah, they figure it out. But I think
0: there's a problem in that.
1: with the penguins or with us? <laughs> no,
0: with, with not providing the sex talk with people that need to have the sex talk.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And do penguins get STIs? they formerly known as STDs.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody Google it. <laughs> I and mean... Read, <laughs> and provide a... <laughs> seems
1: like something they might get, uh, but I don't know.
0: Uh, now I'm really curious. Yeah. Do penguins get STIs?
1: I feel like you were saying no, but... I, I don't know. Maybe. I'll ask somebody, my penguin when I get home.
0: Somebody research that.
1: <laughs> I feel like our field is very scared of this topic.
0: I would say. Um, I think society in general is afraid is of afraid. this topic. Yeah. But why?
1: Uh, you, why? I don't I don't know. You know but people
0: are doing it. You know they are.
1: They're doing it right now.
0: But I bet they are. There are yeah. people right now at whatever time it is I think right I see now. your
1: neighbors over there doing it. They
0: probably are. Bob? No, that's not their names. <laughs> Bob, I see you. Close those blinds, put, put Bob. Put your pants on, Bob. <laughs>
1: um, so we're going to look at this first from an everyday societal aspect, and then we're going to tie it into how difficult that is to then uh, teach to children with autism and their families. At least that's what I'm going to do. You didn't agree to that, but, you know.
0: Uh, that you. sounds... I, I agree. <laughs> Yay. That sounds okay. like a great plan.
1: So our society is ultra-contradictory about mm-hmm. sex.
0: Yeah. It's all over TV. It's everywhere. And commercials and advertisements. Right.
1: We think it's the best thing that ever existed. Right. But we also think you should die if you have sex. You're going straight <laughs> to hell. It, it's, I mean, okay, maybe not that drastic, but uh, we do have this thing where it's like anyone who has any sexual contact or or actions that we deem outside of what's acceptable, uh, we vilify them. So on one hand, we have this thing where it's everywhere. Um, You look up music and any entertainment, TV, movies, whatever, and it's everywhere. I mean, they're sexualizing all the people, regardless of age, sometimes way too young. And the reason is because it sells. Sex sells. Yeah. Even in advertisements, you see that. And it's this is something that's been studied and verified to work for a lot of years. Where Can,
0: can I ask a question though? Yeah. Do you think sexy men sell or sexy women sell?
1: I think both now. Uh, I mean, definitely the sexy women, that's that's obvious. But uh, I mean, there is a, a lot of advertisements with sexy men in underwear and um all all over tv and movies it's i I think it i don't necessarily think it's equal at this point in terms of how much it is but it's It's catching up the men men are everywhere now (laughs) (laughs) what yeah they're everywhere everywhere with With their their nipples hanging out Yeah, with their shirts off and you know their nips out and everybody everybody's a big bodybuilder in these ad- advertisements yeah, they, so it's it's bad for, they me, spend for men a, too
0: they spend a lot of time in the gym
1: you, you're saying i don't spend a lot of time in the gym i don't do you i'm a bodybuilder
0: i i can definitely not tell
1: this is my secondary <laughs> career.
0: <laughs> it's anyway under your shirt.
1: anyway regardless of the uh male female issue it it doesn't matter the, the point is that sex is everywhere we and we view it like it's the the holy grail the best thing but then we have a million rules about when you're allowed to have it who you're allowed to have it with and these rules change all the time in the last 10 years 20 years they're getting mm-hmm. more and more confusing and strict and um society as a whole doesn't have a great handle on what is and what isn't acceptable i mean obviously you know that if it's extreme, right? You have sex with your husband or wife. That's acceptable. Mm -hmm. You have uh, forcible sex with someone who's not consenting. That's not okay. Those are very obvious examples. Right. But there's a lot of middle ground that's very confusing. Things that might have been acceptable 20 years ago are not now. So society as a whole has trouble with this. Then you add in into it that we're trying to teach this to individuals with autism who may already have difficulty with social skills and it's become a complete disaster so here here's the most common intervention i see let's see if you can guess it there's a a child at school Mm -hmm. and in the middle of class he pops a boner Mm -hmm. what's the intervention go to the bathroom exactly go to the bathroom um, Did near- they teach that in sex ed that every uh, time you have a boner you go to the bathroom?
0: No, um, that was definitely <laughs> not in the lesson I participated in.
1: Okay, Abstinence so how-
0: is key there. Don't touch yourself.
1: <laughs> so how is this kid gonna learn what to do in that scenario if every time we just tell them to go to the bathroom?
0: Well, no, so many things wrong. <laughs> You've taught them to like use the toilet in the bathroom. Yeah. Um. But then in schools, you're telling them you have a boner not go to the bathroom and handle it. (laughs) Right. First of all, they don't even know necessarily what to do. Not that it's a teacher's job to teach them how to masturbate at all. But then we're also teaching them that it's okay in a public place to go touch yourself in a bathroom. But the last time I checked, um, men get arrested for that.
1: They do. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of a problem. You can't just be like, whoop. I got a boner at a Target. Let me let me head on into the bathroom and beat one off. That's not gonna happen. That's not okay. Yeah, yeah, you that's not okay.
1: Can't be can't be beating off in Target. You're right. No. Um. So, but but the thing is, it, that's the most common thing because mm-hmm. nobody knows what to do, well, and nobody teaches them what. to do. And if you just
0: like it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. Your boner is now in the bathroom. I don't have to think about
1: it. I'm, I'm sure the idea was that, well, this is a private area. This is the only private area yes. that exists. We but, should
0: assume positive intent. Yes.
1: Oh, I don't assume positive intent. I, I just assume that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the logic, but it's such flawed logic because yes. even even if it is, you still, they still don't know what to do Right. And they're going to a place, like you said, where they've been taught to do something else, mm-hmm. which is not going it's to fix their current problems. Yes. Right? It, I, I mean, every time I poop, um, it does not fix an I, erection. No
0: <laughs> kidding. I can't imagine that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I guess, to be fair, I guess uh, now that I think about it, I guess I've not really tried that intervention, but, I, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure that pooping won't fix it.
0: <laughs> you can report back to us All as right, we'll to whether so- or not it works.
1: Someone out there find some research articles on that intervention.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be But hysterical. but it's
1: it's absurd. So, you know, we're we're telling them this is basically you you can't you can't have these feelings and when you do, you have to just basically get out and then have these feelings somewhere else.
0: I think even not just people with disabilities they say that to just everyone
1: you
0: you, it's okay that you have these feelings i don't even know if they say it's okay that you have these feelings in society
1: they say it's not
0: you you shove those feelings way deep down inside and don't talk about it to anyone it must be a private conversation in a monogamous relationship and they would prefer it be between a man and a woman
1: (laughs) okay we're not going to get into that today uh you got to settle down Society versus nature. We live in a society in which we are taught and forced to control and repress all of our inner nature mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying whether that's okay or not okay. That's not what this is about. This is about how it affects the clientele we work with. But if you go somewhere, right, you go to you go to the gym, mm-hmm. you go to you go to a pool a public pool or the beach, and you see um, women, but also men too now, people are having sexual thoughts every second, right? You're, you're looking at someone in a bikini, you're looking at someone lifting weights, and you're thinking all these thoughts that you would never tell anyone and you are not allowed to act on. Mm-hmm. So we have learned, the, the the overwhelming majority of us have learned to have those thoughts, but control them, not say anything, not stare at people. It's a fleeting thought. We say, oh, look at those breasts. And then we and then we move on with our day. I have day. those thoughts, yes. <laughs> and then we move on with our day. Mm-hmm. But no one is teaching our clientele how to do that. Right. So for people, especially you're talking about level three autism and a lot of level two, <clears throat> and it even affects some level one individuals, but obviously it's a lot more difficult to teach level three autism um, where they're already having a hard time coping with and, and understanding the regulations and expectations that society places on them. Even simple things like sitting in your chair during, during a meeting or dur- during school or mm-hmm. not clapping your hands while the teacher is talking. Mm-hmm. So now we're trying to tell them also, all these sexual feelings you have. Just Thanks for having them, but don't. <laughs> just pretend you're not having them. Mm-hmm. And we expect them to learn from this. I mean, it's innate
0: nature. It's just a part of being a human. And so it makes it difficult because it's just like eating and breathing. Exactly. And so they're like, what do you mean?
1: And we have been conditioned and actively taught since our basically childhood and since
0: our conception. Yeah, since our <laughs> conception
1: that we, that we have to control and repress all these things that nature is telling us to do. Mm-hmm. And most of us learn to do that, and we go about our business without any issue. But we now have a, uh, a large population of people who don't learn that as easily and through typically standard uh, interventions and methods. So the question is, how do we teach it to them? And I'm not sure I I know the answer, but I had a client once about five years ago. I don't remember his exact age, but maybe he was 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And he was getting in trouble at school and getting suspended for feeling women up inappropriately. Or not just women, the, the, the teachers, but also students, so young girls obviously that's over the line you can't have that in the classroom uh they in public (laughs) yeah yeah you can't have that uh that's that's obvious so i'm not saying we should they should let him stay in the classroom i'm saying there has to be some alternative or, or something to teach him so this was a little bit out of my scope i was not and i'm still not an expert in this area so i did some research to find some people who were who who were able to teach uh sex education to children with autism or adolescents with autism. And the closest person I found was eight hours away. Wow. Yeah. And he, he was very nice. Uh, I talked to him. He was a professor at, at uh, one of the universities. He had a lot of experience, but in order to get him to, to work on this, we would have had to pay for him to fly in, pay for room and board on top of his hourly fee it's just it wasn't feasible uh we, you know we couldn't do it was going to be thousands of dollars right. and the family wasn't going to do it because they didn't have that type of money
0: was he willing to teach you like to mentor you
1: i i don't recall he he was willing to work with us and work with the family i i don't remember the extent of of how much we discussed that. I, I basically I got some preliminary information, and then I took it back to the family and said, "This is this is what I found. Here's mm-hmm. the closest guy. Here's what what it would be," and we we weren't able to go any further because yeah. that's that's too much to ask. And and even even then, I mean, so what? We pay him to come for a few days, and then then what? Yeah, it's not gonna you're not gonna be able to teach someone all all these types of. Behaviors and, and habits in three days. So we mm-hmm. this would have to be a long-term ongoing thing. So uh, It wasn't it, it wasn't feasible, but The the idea that we live in Dallas, which is a giant metroplex mm-hmm. fourth fourth biggest in the country and the closest person that we could get Was eight hours away. Wow, that's absolutely atrocious so what it means is that these kids are not being taught. Parents dilemma. And I've talked to some, to some parents about it, and some of them don't want their children Mm-mm. to learn these things. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of them is that they're afraid that if they learn how to take care of the problem... Then their kids just gonna be masturbating all over town. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, now you showed him this, and he's gonna say, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever, and he's just gonna be doing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I and I can't contradict that. I can't say no, that won't happen. And I in all the conversations
0: <laughs> I've had with parents, it hasn't happened. So fingers crossed.
1: I hope it doesn't happen, because then then you're talking about people getting arrested. So so yeah. a lot of these, a lot of these parents are are weighing the options and they're mm-hmm. saying I would rather just my kid never learn how to masturbate than start doing it in public and get arrested. And I I can't really argue against that. I mean, I I get that. But there has to be something in the middle to teach where
0: I also think they're going to figure they're going to figure it out even if you don't have a conversation people, with them, they'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, usually. It's yeah. not
0: like your your dad sat you down and he was like, "Listen." Yeah. This is how to get it done. Right.
1: Up and down. Yeah. 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 No, that's not what happened. No.
0: So I think even if we sweep it under a rug, it's still, it's still going to happen. It's still there. And like I said before, I would, I personally would rather have a conversation with my child so that they're not provided misinformation. And at least I can teach them the way that I know them best for them to understand. Mm hmm i think because it's such a taboo topic um societally and culturally for some people it is something they don't talk about at all and it pushes them to their limit to understand whether we have this conversation or not it's coming mm-hmm. and so we but <laughs> i'm we oh, great, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. we hilarious we i try to push parents or guide them into understanding that it, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I can provide you tools with how to have that conversation because it's better if it comes from you. Um, but I can be here to support you so that you don't feel like you're drowning.
1: And what do they usually say? They. They, they are receptive to they're it? They're
0: more receptive to it, knowing that there's somebody there to support them in having that conversation. I will um, provide visuals if necessary. and
1: What what type of visuals? Like, like Pornhub.com?
0: Oh, of course. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Here's a login. <laughs> um, for our, our kids that require the visuals in order to understand where it's appropriate and where it's not appropriate. So we teach them usually i i teach the kids go to your room like that's this is a a safe place
1: right this is a safe place you don't you don't poop in your room you don't poop
0: in your room (laughs) um
1: but you sleep there
0: you do you do indeed
1: but you're talking about uh kids that have the cognitive ability to understand
0: not necessarily okay so even even our level threes i will teach them that this is an okay place to be naked and okay. an okay place to touch yourself got it out here in the living room you Not need okay. to have your pants on
1: <laughs> okay
0: so to teach them to discriminate between those so areas. simple yet effective so oh yeah. my gosh so that is just an example of something i've done before i've provided okay. parents with scripts of what to say to like level one and level two learners
1: And And, did you create these scripts or you you found them?
0: I just told them what to say. I didn't find them. Mm -hmm. I haven't been successful in finding a curriculum that works for a large population of children. It's really kind of you pick and choose between Mm. pieces of it to make it work for your client. But like I had a conversation with a parent where I was like, listen, you either need to tell him what's appropriate to look at when he wants to masturbate or he's going to find whatever and it's not going to be safe for him to look at on the internet so you got to be very specific of here are the sites you can go to and it's okay these sites you cannot go to yeah and he was like oh and I was like yeah it's gonna be real uncomfortable but you can do it and he did like as a parent I wouldn't think of it in that way of I need to be explicit about this is what's okay to look at versus this is what's this is not okay to look at.
1: It's it's tough because <clears throat> parents are also conditioned mm-hmm. their whole lives to think this is not something you talk about.
0: Right. Playboys were hidden under beds. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of factors here, but when you consider all of our biological needs, we have eating, drinking, sleeping, right? Well, bathing. And- <clears throat> Someone guides you through all of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, sleep, you just fall asleep naturally, but still, you know, your parents, they put you in the in the crib then they put you in the bed. But when it comes to sex, we're all on our own.
0: Yeah, they're like, bye, good luck.
1: <laughs> it's like, don't bring that around here. Uh, we're
0: not talking about that.
1: And um, we work with a lot of individuals who aren't able to figure out what to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Not just with masturbating, but how to also control themselves you know it's not like every time you get a boner you just go masturbate right sometimes we need to know okay I'm having these thoughts but um, I'm in a, an inappropriate place I'm on the subway or, or I'm in a, I'm in an airplane you have to con- distract yourself and redirect your thoughts to something else that's incredibly difficult for our individuals to do mm-hmm. and no one's teaching them how to do it mm-hmm. and they're not going to figure it out on their own no you know no one no one's teaching them hey just think about baseball or something right Think about your grandma uh, oh, oh, <laughs> come on Becky <laughs>
0: We'll turn it off real quick <laughs>
1: okay wrap it up already It's such a taboo subject that not only are the parents and school staff afraid but uh, as a field we're afraid too because mm-hmm. you this is a this is a, a an area where you make one wrong mistake. And you're screwed for life, yeah. right? You you cannot make a mistake where someone uh, gets uh, a charge of sexual harassment or, or uh, inappropriate exposure or so- something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You, we can't have that. So instead, we just don't teach it. And that's doing a disservice to our clients. But we also live in a society where the consequences for these things are so great that... When we weigh the risks and benefits, we say, fuck that. I'm not, yeah, I'm... I'm not risking my whole career for, for this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different, uh, avenues here and, um, it's not going to get fixed anytime soon because there's, there are too many things to fix, but we could complain about it.
0: I can complain until the cows come home. <laughs> I think a major issue is people say that's outside of my competency, right? You're like, I've never taught sex ed before, so no thanks. But there are a lot of things that we haven't taught before that we have to learn and take classes. There are um, quite a few, maybe not quite a few, maybe a few CEUs on sex education.
1: There are. I have done some.
0: And so that's a place people can start reading research, looking at the Google. But even if... You feel like it's outside of your competence. We can't move forward for anything unless we learn. So get to learning.
1: Uh, it's not that, it's, I mean, that's, that's one way of looking at it. <clears throat> but really, there's lots of things that are out of our area of uh, competency where we then learn it so that we are capable to do it in the future. Right. But no one wants to learn this one. They mm-hmm. want to just push it off and say, individuals with autism sex separate. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't go together. Right. <laughs> which which is ridiculous because Yeah. Individuals with autism have biological needs just like everybody else. Yeah. And to say that
0: good luck you're on your own. Yeah,
1: and and then expect them to be able to control their behavior better is it's illogical to, yeah. if, if you don't if you don't target one of the most basic needs in our lives. Yeah unlike some some of the other topics we've discussed this one has an obvious answer that we need to stop being scared of it Mm -hmm. and we need to start teaching it and there should be more ceus on it um maybe at some point uh required ceus the way we have ethics and supervision i mean our society is it's very important to be able to control your thoughts and feelings about sex in whatever manner you have them, whether that's knowing what to do with it and when to do it, knowing how to distract yourself, knowing what's right and wrong. Uh, th- this is this is a topic that could ruin your life in one wrong move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm
0: w- pretending like it doesn't exist isn't going to make it go away.
1: It does not make it go away. So we have to stop being scared. We have to... As a field, we, we need more more resources for this. Is there anything else besides telling our field to start actually looking into something that's one of the most major issues in the world?
0: I don't think so. I think people just need to um, also recognize that we do have a code of ethics part that says that we must be aware of our own biases. 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 And if you feel uncomfortable talking about sex because of your how you've been raised or what you believe you need to check yourself because if a client requires this conversation, then in order to be a successful individual in society, then we need to be able to do that. Even if it feels super uncomfy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just gave it to him straight.
0: I naturally do. No BS over here. <laughs> so, that is our episode today.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. I'm ready. You ready for it?
1: <laughs> I'm so ready. Okay. And remember, behave, behave yourself. yourself. We're getting good. We're getting really good. I'm
0: so proud.